everybody, and welcome to the Fortress of Comic News, episode 149. I am one of your hosts, Chris, alongside the mystical maestro of monologuing, Mike. Nice. <laughs> and with that, I bring you a mighty monologue. <laughs> but, had, uh, had to find I, all those M words. Yeah, that was great. I, I was wondering what you were like looking for for that five minutes before we started the recording, but <laughs> now I know you had to find all those words. Um, yeah, episode 149. Halfway to 300. Almost. <laughs> I think I think we're going to retire the podcast at 500. 500? Well, you want to stop at 300? Well, I'll, I'll retire when I'm damn well good and ready. Oh, there you go. We won't we won't, we won't <laughs> limit. How about that? Um, we'll be the, well, at 500, we'll be the all-new, all-different Fortress Comic News. <laughs> and then we'll come back and, and restart the numbering again when we're up in the 900s, and then people will be really confused. They're like, wait, I thought they were at episode like 300 it's like no they started the old numbering it's like oh jesus yeah so then we, when we get close to like you know a really big number like you said like 900 so we're at like 842 we'll mm-hmm. start the legacy numbering again <laughs> legacy <laughs> fortress of comics legacy oh it's gonna be a thing you just gotta stick around for it everybody with that being said we don't have an interview this week um just hanging out talking stuff Quite a bit of stuff happened this week. Both episodes of the the finale, the Crisis crossover, probably got a lot to talk about there. Um, yeah. Before we get into comic book stuff, though, did you yeah. watch that um, Aaron Hernandez documentary? I did not. No, I did not. I have heard about it, though. Interesting stuff. Yeah, I know you like your documentaries. I do. Especially and, uh, if they uh, shine a light on some, some uh, weirdo, you know, Pats players. <laughs> Yeah, especially you know, fuck the Patriots. But um, yeah, right. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> I know where you're going with that. No, it's interesting though because they get into a lot of like stuff about CTE and um, just like his background. And there's like, it's not that he lived like a completely terrible life, but at the same time, he lived kind of a fucked up life. Mm-hmm. And it's it's worth watching. I I will say like there's a lot of speculation throughout it, and not a lot of facts. Mm-hmm. Um. Even going to the court case, like the court case, I was d- I'm done with it. I was like, I don't know if he was the one that pulled the trigger or not. <laughs> oh, wow. But uh, yeah, interesting, interesting uh, documentary. Well worth uh, it. was like three hours long, though. So, oh, God. Yeah, have fun with that. He said documentary, and then he said three hours long, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I do believe, and people feel free to scream at me if I'm wrong here, but I do believe it's made by the same people that made um, Making a Murderer. Oh. It has the same, like, format. Yep, it's about murder. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, like, even you watch it, and, like, even, like, the timeline thing that they do in Making a Murderer, mm-hmm. when they go back and forth between the years, and, like, even that's in it. So it's, like, it's very similar in, like, structure and style to that one. My favorite part of making a murderer was when they did the spoof episode on uh it's always sunny in philadelphia <laughs> where they replace all the characters with, with it's always sunny characters i think yeah. i i think we've talked about this before but did you ever watch uh, american vandal um yes i think i watched the first yeah the first season yeah, yeah. So, so anyone doesn't know that was like a spoof documentary, like kind yeah. of making fun of making a murderer almost. Yep. And it was just fantastic. And the the second season is even better. So, yeah. Look. Yeah. What? Yeah. Something ridiculous, right? Oh, oh. The first season was like the drawing the dicks on the teachers' cars. Yep. And then the second one was someone pooped in a bag or something, right? Or so the first season they're trying to find who drew who spray painted dicks on all the teachers' cars in the school. Yeah. And then the second season. Somebody put a laxative in the school oh, lunch. Yeah, that's right. And like everybody started shitting themselves. And what's even funnier sure. about that is that the video of everyone like shitting themselves went viral online before the season came out. And oh. people thought it was a real thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I don't know if I ever finished that. Or I think you brought that up. I'll have to check it out. Um, all right. Well, let's jump into it. You know, TV. We got a new announcement spinning out of crisis. Superman and Lois has been picked up for a series by CW. Um, I guess. And then, you know, we'll see where, 
where Arrow leaves off with the the new um, Canary show or whatever is coming out. Um, I don't know. Does that does that show have enough? I honestly, I don't like Lois Lane. Um, I don't like the Superman either. I mean, like for me, it's just like both of them just don't look like the characters to me. I don't know. So my first impression is it's another show for me not to watch. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's, I mean, that's not just it. Like those two characters to me don't look like, like if you want, I get like you want two characters that look like the comic book heroes, but like they're almost like cheap knockoff actors that they hired to me. It's, if if you don't want them to look like them, just make them not look like look at Jimmy Olsen, right? If, if that's what you want, but like I don't know, it's like <sighs> so I'm I'm okay with the Superman. Like he's not the best choice in the world, but he does a good enough job. But the Lois Lane, like she is obnoxious. Like she's really annoying. Yeah, Every time she pops up in one of these crossovers. The only part yeah. of the shows I watch, by the way. Right. Um, I just, like, cringe because I just do not like her. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, like, it's definitely a couple show. It's, like, they're going to – I mean, that sounds like – they've done that in the comics and it's worked before. So, I guess I'll wait and see. But um, I'm just kind of exhausted on CW shows, you know. Yeah. Um, the the crossover was good. I mean, we'll talk more about later. But I've been kind of – burn out on their style of storytelling for a little while yeah and uh, dude the way the so a lot the the way the crisis ended those last two episodes i mean um we end with them sitting around like the hall of justice like where do they go from there they should just end all the cw shows right there (laughs) like why not like just end them all right there you had the super friends music playing end them all just uh, like get rid of all the shows like, why would you not have that? Uh, whatever. They want to make money. I get it. But Well, now they got to set up Infinite Crisis. Yeah, truth. The last two episodes are really good, though. I mean, I was not expecting the crossover with Ezra Miller Flash. That I was, was shocked at a lot of the, the crossovers. But yeah, that yeah. one specifically was huge. Yeah. So that's the first time we've ever... We've always talked about it, but this first time like DC Cinematic has crossed over with the CW verse or the TV verse. Um, so maybe like, and I was talking about this with people, if that's what we get in this, in the flash movie, like Greg Gustin shows up, dude, I, like make, if you want to do multiverse stuff and you include the CW verse, I think that'd be awesome. I don't know if, I don't know how that would work, but um, clearly they, they are thinking about it if they brought those two together. Right. I mean, that or, it's been so long since the Justice League movie. I almost feel like they wanted to remind people that like um, Ezra Miller was a thing, right? Because True. they are still trying to make a movie out of him. Yeah, and I think they, you know, they make a comment to each other about their suits because obviously Ezra Miller's suit sucks. Um, so I think like if he shows up in the movie with a new suit, he's going to be like, "Yeah, I got an idea from someone." Like I think that would like a, a hint towards it. Yeah, I almost wonder because, I mean, obviously it's all rumors and I don't know what the hell's going on anymore, but <laughs> there's still the rumor that they want to do the Flashpoint movie. Right. Yeah. And let's say that's what they do. And I hope that is what they do because I still want Jeffrey D. Morgan Batman. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if after that he's just like, yeah, um, I got this, you know, he gets this new suit out of it, and everyone's like, whoa, you look different. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, it was an idea I got from somewhere. And then that could be like the after credits scene or something. He pops up and sees Grant Gustin. Yeah, maybe he runs over to see Gustin and is just like, look what I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Look at me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that would work as, as who knows if that movie's even coming out anymore. As far as the crisis, though, they did. I mean, all the Earths they showed. We got a glimpse of uh, um, Star Girl's Earth, and all the the Justice Society was pretty cool, mm-hmm. um, like Doctor Midnight stuff like that. Uh, and then it kind of tied up all the all the kind of, I guess, continuity issues everybody has. All these other shows, so they like they show Swamp Thing, they show Doom Patrol. Um, and I think that was pretty cool too, showing that there's other other universes out there still. But every pretty much all the CW heroes are all consolidated to one Earth. 
Yeah, so it did what I expected, which was to bring all the CW-verse shows together into one universe. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, they've obviously been playing this for a while, but this yeah. should have been happening from the beginning. Um, and then, yeah, to show like all the different other shows and show that they're in a different Earth and a different universe. Um, and then, you know, to show us the, the Green Lantern movie that we all have been trying to forget for how many years. Yeah. And make that its own Earth as well. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, there was a. It was th- those two episodes are really good, and I'm really happy that they they got to this point mm-hmm. and did what they did. Uh, and I just I wish that somebody would look at them and and be like, you know, I mean, I don't know, are, are the numbers up for this? Are they not? I haven't looked that up, but I wish someone would look up at them and say, like, let's do more of that style. Like, let's yeah. shrink let's shrink the seasons down to like maybe you know twelve to sixteen episodes tell more condensed stories and not spend so much time with like the lingering CW shit. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I get it for sure. Um, and who knows? We'll see what comes of this, but uh, the, the whole um, Easter egg at the end with Gleek when they, they're in the hall of justice. Yes. Um, that was pretty cool. I don't know if we'll actually, I don't know how, like moving forward, how often are we going to see this hall of justice? Or is this just like a fan thing and then they go away? You know what I mean? Like, are they periodically going to be meeting there for like discussions, like during each other's episodes? Like, how does that work? I feel like it'll be a fan thing for the most part. Yeah. You know, you might see it like once in a while when like, because Flash is now going to be the flagship show. Mm-hmm. And so when Flash, when revert, whatever speedster shows up again to threaten everything, I'm sure they'll all meet to talk about it. Right. And then I'm sure we'll see it in whatever the next crossover is. Well, they used to meet in like Arrow's little cave. So now they'll just probably meet there instead. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a really cool moment when, they oh were, yeah, like not even the, the table and everything, uh-huh. but afterwards when they zoomed out yeah. and um, I'm watching with my two stepsons and even they were like, oh, it's the hall of justice. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a really cool moment. They did. Yeah. But, yeah. That was pretty awesome. It's like this old hanger, you know? And I was like, yeah. what? Uh, um, yeah. So it was, I thought it, overall it was, it was really cool. And I guess we'll see what happens moving forward with flash next week and stuff. Um, got some trailers this week. What about the the Morbius trailer? Huh? That looked better. That looked surprisingly better than I thought. I don't know. I I can't expect much from these from these films. So my favorite part of the whole trailer was from the studio that brought you, and they started listing the Spider Man movies. Yeah, right. And first, everyone out there—that's a complete lie. Um, <laughs> and then it was followed by Venom, which yeah. like. I kind of liked, but I know it was like a like. very good movie. Yeah, right. Um, but it it looks interesting enough. Um, I mean, the the thing to talk about is really the end. But yeah, I, th- I thought that the the trailer itself was good. I mean, Morbius looks fine, um, and I'm sure Jared Leto will do good as long as he's not doing what he did in Suicide Squad. <laughs> um. And I think, yeah, the, the ending was the most surprising because, like, you have Michael Keaton, who would play as Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming. And now he's crossing over to, uh, in association with Marvel, if you remember, if you saw that, if you get of the film reel there, not Marvel property, in association with Marvel. So they're like, we got to distance ourselves from this shit. But obviously that's going to team up for the Sinister Six which is probably going to lead to the most expensive Sinister Six casting movie I've ever seen because you already have Michael Keaton, Tom Hardy, and, uh, you know... Jared Leto. Jared Leto. So that's three out of six, and that's pretty much all your budget right there for the Sinister Six movie. Well, I don't... I mean, they could do whatever they want, but Venom technically isn't a Sinister Six member. Yeah, but... I can see them throwing him in there. Yeah, I mean... There's yeah, it's what's confusing. There is that it's Michael Keaton, obviously in this prison jumpsuit mm-hmm. where he was when we last saw him, and it's like, is this? I'd like me and you are going to be able to differentiate, but like the average fan are they're going to think that Morbius is a mcu movie now yeah well i think that's the whole point i mean i i don't know if they're fine i don't know if they're 
saying that they're all the same universe or like what's happening? I, I mean, I guess, I don't know. Maybe they finally are saying, yeah, all these characters are in the same universe. I don't know. That or it was a devil's bargain behind doors to get um, Spider-Man back at MCU for another movie. Yeah, like you got to give us Vulture. Yeah, like you got to oh. give us this and then like I, it wouldn't even surprise me if like, because I don't know the exact deal, but I know he's set up for a few movies. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't surprise me if like at some point this uh, Sinister Six is supposed to show up in the MCU as well. Right. I don't know. We'll, I, we'll see. I, we'll see how that plays out because now we have both parties here. We got DC messing around with their shows and movies together. And now we got Marvel finally connecting the the lines of, I don't know. Yeah. I used to think they wanted them separate, but who knows? We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, that was, and you could tell they saved that for the end for everybody to be like, what the hell? Because <laughs> the whole trailer was a lot of like punchy, punchy, crazy powers. And then like the end was just like, Michael Keaton. <laughs> the funny uh, part of this all is that afterwards somebody started posting about how they found um, Morbius in uh, Homecoming mm. and what they found was some random dude in the prison with long hair walking behind Michael Keaton oh. it's like do you uh, I mean let's be honest with ourselves do we really think that Marvel put that in there be like it's Morbius guys like yeah I know, five years yeah right <laughs> Who knows? Anyways, we got a couple other trailers to talk about. Uh, new Black Widow trailer. What did you think of that? Looks good. It's yeah. cool to see uh, Red Guardian in action. Yeah, are you are you a little uh, feel better about that? Not It's not Fat Red Guardian anymore? Or? It's still Fat Red Guardian, but, um, <laughs> but he, he, you know, he was in action. He looked better. Tass- yeah. I mean, when I... When I made comments uh, the first time, I even said, like, I have these things I didn't like, but I am not worried about them. Right. And this is why, because the whole thing with the Red Guardian, that sequence was cool. The Taskmaster and getting a closer look at him, Mm -hmm. it looks a little bit more comic friendly. He has the sword and shield. You kind of see the the skull on the mask. Yep. Um, So this was a, a nice little like addition to the other trailer he doesn't look like casey from teenage mutant ninja turtles yes, yes he <laughs> oh, hockey have, stick. <laughs> he doesn't have a fucking bow and arrow yeah yep but yeah so it was good um what's good not super excited about this movie but i'm gonna go see it so yeah what about the bloodshot trailer um so it was a lot of what we saw the last time it's groundhog's yeah. day with vin diesel killing people which isn't um, terrible, I guess. No, it's not terrible. It's just that's kind of what it is. Yeah. But what was cool about it was near the end of the trailer, we get a more traditional look at Bloodshot, the gray skin, mm-hmm. um, the red, it's not a red circle, but the red glow from his chest. Yep. Um, and so it, just, it looks like a fun, cheesy action movie with a superhero twist. And I'm all for it. I'm just excited that this might get us a Ninjak movie. Because that's like... One of the one of the Valiant properties I really like. I mean, I Valiant, although not a huge fan, admittedly so. I they got some cool characters that you could do in movies. I mean, right. they're much more movie friendly than traditionally movie friendly than most uh, comic book character, characters mm-hmm. have been. So yeah, for sure. Um, this is interesting. Oscar Isaac has signed on to produce and star in the movie adaptation of Brian K. Vaughn's Ex Machina. The movie will be renamed The Great Machine. Um, probably not to confuse every everyone with the other Oscar Isaac movie that he played in called Ex Machina. <laughs> that was going to be my little anecdote, is that yeah. he literally said that he did yeah. on his IMDb to be Ex Machina and Ex Machina. Yeah, and, and like, <laughs> I wonder, can you imagine if he signed up for the first movie thinking it was Brian, Va- Brian K. Vaughn's Ex Machina, and then he like, he like starts shooting it, and he's like, wait a second. <laughs> This is the one I signed up for. <laughs> uh, I actually never read that, but I mean, it's a Brian K. Vaughn book, so I should have read it. Looks yeah, it, it's on that list of books that I want to read, but I haven't had a chance to over the years. Um, but it's one that people love, and it's cool to see Oscar Isaac, who was an actor I really liked out of the new Star Wars movies. Yep. And obviously he's done other stuff too, um, but to see him on it and kind of championing it is cool so 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and a lot of people don't realize Brian K. Vaughn, I think he does mostly, he does a lot of writing for TV. So he's he's got, like, screenplay uh, experience there for if yeah. they want to make this a new movie. It's part of the reason we get those breaks in Saga. Right. He's, doing he's doing, yeah, doing all that other work. Um, yeah, so this is another big piece of news for Joker. Uh, still sweeping up and cleaning up shop. 11 Oscars, including Best Director, Best Actor, and Leading Role, and Best Picture. Um, I don't know. I uh, Do I agree with all this? No. But, hey, that's a lot of Oscars. <laughs> Is it going to win those? No. <laughs> um, maybe maybe Leading Role, Best Actor? I don't Definitely not Best Picture. Hey, Mike, what did I say after the first trailer of this movie? Oscar bait. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. The, yeah, it, it's. I've been saying it for what a year now. Yeah, um, this was their attempt for an Oscar. They wanted one for Dark Knight and didn't get it. Um, best Picture. I don't know if he'll get best. I mean, I'm not an expert. This, 1917 but. is cleaning up shop with that. I think I, I've been hearing crazy good things. Yeah, and I really want to see that. But yep. uh, it, I could see Best Actor in, or in a leading role. There were some of the other ones. Like it'll probably get Best Score, even though once again I don't understand. Yeah, if you'd ask me, like what, what was memorable about the score, I don't, I don't know anything. Yeah, like, um, and I'm sure it'll get something else, like Best Film Editing or what you know. But yeah. Best Picture, I, I don't know. I still think there, even if it was deserving of all of this and whether it is or isn't is up to you personally because it's everyone's opinion um i still think there's that bias against um comic book movies yeah and uh it -hmm. just won't get best picture no um so let's jump to comic book news uh wasn't too excited when i saw this news even though it was from dc um, Brian Michael Bendis, Alex Maleev are back with Event Leviathan Checkmate coming this April. Uh, Chris and I had already talked about how that story we thought was kind of lacking at the end there. Well, if you want to figure out what happens next, pay this more money and get the complete story. Uh, it was a Brian K. Vaughn or I'm sorry, Brian Michael Bendis event. Yeah, so I'm I'm probably not going to read the second part of that just because. When you finish the first part, you can tell it's like, oh, this is a blatant act to get me to jump onto another series. Uh, I, it was so heavy-handed that it was like, man, all that build up for literally uh, to be continued. I'm 50-50 on it. Yeah. Um. So I th- there's there's a part of me that wants to read it for science. <laughs> um, just to see like what the hell's going on. And, I said that about uh, convergence to come back to all of you and say like whether this is anything or not yeah uh and there's a part of me that is still a sucker for bendis and it's just like it ended weird but now we got part two (laughs) (laughs) i mean he's a great writer there's no doubt about that yeah so i i don't know i'm it's gonna be a split second decision when i get my previews catalog but yeah look at the cover and then be like ah maybe (laughs) (laughs) um so marvel stuff x factor is returning from writer Leah Williams and artist David Bellion. The team includes Prodigy, Polaris, Rachel Gray, Boy, and Draken, Draken, with Northstar leading the team. This team will answer to the five who are the mutants tasked with resurrecting mutants. So, what does Boy do? <laughs> I feel like there was supposed to be something before Boy. Yeah, I was like, that's not a... It's gotta be like, not Beast Boy, because we're talking X-Men. Bubble Boy, maybe? I don't know. I don't know, but it's a- insert insert what favorite superpower ice ice boy, fire boy. So I I, I want to read this because uh, I like the five and the whole idea behind the five. So they're resurrecting dead mutants. Yeah, like when they popped up in Hawksbox, uh, I was really intrigued, especially since like they made gold balls like important. Right. Like, he yeah. Be important at all. So I might check this out for that reason alone. Yep. Um but yeah, so I I'm interested. I'm trying to be selective with the X Men stuff because right. A, I've never had so much X Men crap on my poll list in my right. life. Right. But B, it's just like it 
Hickman has done such a great job of creating something intriguing in his story that it's hard not to get sucked into everything around it for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And he even said himself, like these books were not meant to all be read to understand what's going on. It's that we created a a story that the books that I'm writing, I being Hickman, um, to lead to a place and all these other ones around it are for X fans to enjoy and kind of add to the story. Mm. So, yeah. Um, But just these guys in particular are something I'm really interested in. Cool. It's the all-seeing eye boy. Oh, all-seeing eye boy makes a lot more sense. Yes, I know it does. And that's why we're going to keep talking so I can look up who the all-seeing eye boy is. Okay, because I, yeah, now I need to know what his powers are. Uh, the Children of Adam title returns this April from writer Vita Ayala. The artist Bernard Chang's team will be teen mutants that resemble classic X-Men characters like Cyclops, Marvel Girl, and more. Now that sounds pretty cool. Interesting. Um, uh, this feels like it's going to be for the the classic X-Men fans, the, you know, the 90s X-Men fans, um, but not something I'm going to jump into. Um, uh, to go back to our last conversation. Yeah, I'll see. Yeah, yeah. So, the all-seeing eye boy, Trevor Hawkins, was one of the new mutants to manifest their powers after the war between the Avengers and X-Men. Mm-hmm. Where's his powers? This is some good podcasting. Oh, it's powers. So, Trevor is a new mutant activated after the Phoenix dispersion, blah, 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 blah. He has multiple eyes. Trevor's body is covered by a nu- by numerous eyes, which allow him to see in multiple directions. Wow. He has magical wave perception. Trevor has shown the ability to see magic waves in the air. What? He, he has hands visual abilities. Trevor has gained special abilities due to his extra eyes, such as improved marksmanship and nonverbal communication. Microscopic vision. In the age of X, iBoy boasted he could see just about anything, no matter how small it was. (laughs) Telescopic vision. Insert dick joke. (laughs) (laughs) With all of his eyes, Mr. Hawkins can also see up to great distances at a time. Supposedly able to see incoming adversaries from miles away. Wow. X-ray vision. Wow. That, that's pretty self-explanatory. Yep. Um, physiolog- physiological intuition. Oh. Trevor saw through certain personality traits and other people by noting subtle habits. Wow. I.e., shark girl's fear of abandonment via hand tremors when yelling. <laughs> he has aurora vision and tracking. Attack perception. List goes on. I don't know what one one Eric I is scrying. When Trevor recedes into REM state, his visual clarity intensifies many times over as he sees into himself. <laughs> Through this dream sight, he what? can peer into just about everywhere within the world around him, as well as beyond the world. Yeah, how many focus how many drugs how many drugs was this person you know they're like they dropped acid they're like what is it a bunch of eyes uh illusion perception oh my god electric wave perception that sounds pretty useful. microwave perception okay okay and weakness perception so he can like he's basically when you play an rpg like uh, final fantasy right and, and there's that ability that i'm going to zone on the name of now where you could see what they're weak against, what their health is, mm-hmm. um, all that stuff. He's that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Also, he can see inside himself. Yeah, also, he has uh, the ability that Joe Rogan wants the most, which is to automatically be able to see through all via DMT. Yep. Takes lots of drugs. Man, that was a shitty hero if I've ever heard one. <laughs> I mean, I know we saved it for the shitty villains, but that was a shitty hero. Holy crap. I'm that much more excited for this book now. Yeah. I think we're going to start researching shitty heroes. Stay tuned, folks. 
Um, <laughs> this can't even follow up to that. Announced for April, Black Widow, Widow Sting. Written by Ralph Macchio. What? <laughs> okay, maybe they can't follow up to that. What the hell? Well, wait a second. Art by Simone Bonfentino. Black Widow goes undercover to save a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. Ralph Macchio? What was it called again? Widow Sting? Widow Sting. Did you throw that name in there, like, as a joke? No, I did not. And that's this is, like, the worst news segment ever because I'm pretending like I know what I'm talking about, and I apparently don't. Dude, I, I might just pick up the book just for Ralph Macchio. It's got to, it's, I mean... Who knew? Black Widow, Widow Sting features writing from Ralph Macchio, Marvel 2 and 1 Thor. So he's done other stuff. If it's the uh, same Ralph Macchio. Oh man, now we gotta we gotta take the internet and figure this out. We'll, we'll wrap it up. We'll, I'm gonna wrap up the news. You look for Ralph Macchio if it's the same. Okay, all I'll say is uh, Black Widow, I don't care. Yeah, yeah, I knew you were gonna say that. Taskmaster getting a solo series this April by writer Jed McKay with art by Alessandro Vitti. Taskmaster is being hunted by the world's greatest spies and needs to clear his name. Well, spoiler alert, he doesn't have a name. It's Taskmaster. <laughs> uh, my thing here is, is Taskmaster's a villain and he's done lots of bad things. So even right. if he does clear his name, you should kill him anyways. Yeah, because he's a bad guy. <laughs> Are they trying to turn him into like the new Punisher or something? I don't know. I don't know. I think they uh, have a Black Widow movie coming out with uh, Black Widow, Red Guardian, and Taskmaster. So now they want a comic book on the shelf with Black Widow, Red Guardian, and, and Taskmaster. Taskmaster. Yep. Yep. Makes sense. Um, <laughs> with that, <laughs> with what you just said there, we're getting a, a third series announced for April, Widowmakers. Red Guardian, Yelena Belova is coming from writer... Devin Grayson with art by Michelle Banditi. So that is Widow Widowmaker's Red Guardian, Yelena Belova. So there you go. All the characters from the Black Widow movie all get in their own books. Nobody has any more questions about any of these characters. They're gonna they're gonna, you know, spoon feed it to you. There you go. You're welcome, fans. Yes, uh not interested. But this just in. Uh-huh. On Wikipedia. Okay. Ralph Macchio, an American comic book editor and writer who has held many positions at Marvel Comics, including executive editor. Macchio is commonly associated with Daredevil, Spider-Man, and the Ultimate Marvel line. Yeah. Macchio is not related to the actor Ralph Macchio, (laughs) but is nicknamed the Karate Kid after the actor's role. Okay. Well, that as long as they call him the Karate Kid, I was like, there's no way Karate Kid has been making comics for this long, and I just heard about it. No Listen, way. I was I was writing this all like I was writing this episode out yeah. and I'm doing that and I'm trying to do things for something else that we're gonna announce like two or three episodes from now and all this stuff and so I did not put two and two together when I saw <laughs> Ralph Macchio. <laughs> I was like, Chris didn't warn me about this. <laughs> um actually okay, so now probably the most exciting uh news. I, I think it's exciting. If anybody remembers back in the nineties, a show called Animorphs. Oh, you you skipped one. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. Okay. Yeah, that's... I was just so excited about Animorphs. Okay, we're going to go back one more. Writer Jeff Lemire with artist Mike Del Mundo united for a one-shot spinoff of Immortal Hulk titled Immortal Hulk The Threshing Place. A gamma-radiated monster is on the loose and Hulk must stop it. Hulk vs. Hulk by Jeff Lemire. Buy it. What else do you need? I mean, that's... Come on. Jeff Lemire's writing it. Yeah, Jeff Lemire. And I like Mike Del Mundo. Yeah. Go, continue with Animorphs. Okay, now I can talk about <laughs> I can tell Chris I want to talk about Animorphs. Animorphs, like, ruled by childhood. They had all those books out, you know, all like, the really thin, almost like the, it was like Goosebumps, and then he graduated to Animorphs back in the day in school. And, dude, so many, so many novels. They got so many kids to read. And it was like, it was like the Harry Potter of the generation, I think. You know, it was like everybody had them. And then, like, now you see Harry Potter on everybody's shelves. I don't know. But, like, that's how big it was, I think. At least I think it was. Am I having a fever dream, or was there an Animorphs TV show as well? There was. Oh, yeah. There was. I remember that really specifically. I never read the books. I'm not saying I read the books. Like, there's no pictures, Chris. Um, 
but the show, if you remember, like, I didn't even get to the news yet, but the show had, like, the weird evil, like, slugs that would crawl in your ear. I was so terrified of earwigs as a kid because of, like, that's how they would turn evil. Like, Animorphs was, every person had a specific animal they could turn into. Um, and it comes back, as, so Animorphs is coming back as a graphic, nidal, a graphic novel titled Animorphs The Invasion by writer-artist Chris Grimes. The graphic novel will be based on the first prose novel in the Animorphs series. So they're basically rewriting the series as a graphic novel, which maybe I'll start reading them all. This sounds pretty cool. I'm going to check it out. Uh, I want to check this out, and yeah. if they keep doing more, maybe we can continue the story further. Yeah, that'd be that'd awesome. Be great. It was. I thought it was such a cool idea. You had like these people that were transforming, and then you had like these what evil aliens or something coming after them. I don't even remember all the details, but it's it's been so long. Yeah, like, we we might read it and be like, "Wow, this is fucking stupid." But right, um... <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is really unusual. It, it was a big thing in our childhood, and it's one of those things that was big and then gone. Yep. And, like, no more books, no big movie, no nothing. Right. So I'm, I'm interested to see, like, to go back to something that I have nostalgia for but hasn't, like, stuck with me my entire life. Like, you know, like Power Rangers. Power Rangers has always been around, so I, like, right. have a base for what Power Rangers is. But this was not like that, so I'm yeah. <laughs> really intrigued by it. This was not Power Rangers. Um, all right. Well, that being said, let's just jump into what we read this week, huh? Okay. I had a few books, just a few. Um, I guess I'll start with my pick of the week, which was uh, Dungeons & Dragons. Um, Rick and Morty, Dungeons & Dragons number three, Planescape. Planescape number three, whatever. I, such a long title. Um more Dungeons and Dragons, more Rick and Morty, all good stuff. They're fighting the evil wizard Rick, who's summoned demons to the earth. Uh, Rick is stuck in like his first dungeon that he made when he was younger. So he like there's a lot of unfinished stuff. So he's like trying to he's trying to fight through all the monsters and like level up so he can get out of the dungeon. And all the basically all the monsters and characters are like versions of himself that he wrote when he was younger. Um, so that's pretty funny to watch while. Like Jerry's kind of taking control of the army because he's like he's kind of a D and D nerd now too, and making tons of D and D references of like you know rolling for initiative and um, basically there's a big war about to happen with the demons and everybody's like suiting up at like the local archery store to like fight all the demons. It's just a fun book, you know. I mean, it's what can you what can you expect from Rick and Morty and Dungeons and Dragons? It's it's great stuff and the art's really cool too. So. Um, a book that you read this week, Freedom Fighters, number 12. Yes, indeed. The finale. Um, and the reveal at the end of every... Uh, okay, so it's, it's the end of the war, right? Um, basically, they pin, they pin, like, Hitler Jr. in the mountain. Um, but, of course, he, like, sets a nuke off. And before he leaves, so he's like, aha, freedom fighters, you don't win, I'm going to set a nuke off. Well, Human Bob absorbs the nuke, and we think, oh no, Human Bob's going to die. Well, Human Bob doesn't die from a nuke, because he's pretty much a nuke. And I was thinking about that, when they were, like, worried about him, I'm like, isn't he a Human Bob? So, like, would a bomb just not hurt him? I don't know. I don't know the science behind it, but <laughs> apparently he was fine. I, I, I think they were concerned that the... Um... Because he was going to absorb part of the explosion. Right. But then still some of it would go off, so they were worried that it would be too much for him to handle or something weird like that. Nah, he's human bomb. It he was just a, a moment to be like, oh, no, human bomb's going to die. <laughs> I know, but I, I was sad, too. But, um, you know, the Hitler gets away like, ah, ha, ha. And then we get a nice little scene where uh, Black Condor still has the Plastic Men serum, and he, like, slips in and kills him. Uh so that was pretty cool. We got this vengeance on little Hitler. Um, and then the big reveal at the end is that all the other countries and their, uh, what do they call them? Not man. What? Avatar. Avatars. Yeah. Like, just like, you know, Lady Liberty, all the other countries have it too. And I like Uncle Sam, I mean, but that was really cool to see. So maybe we'll get some more in that universe. That would be awesome. 
Yeah, I was uh, I was talking with someone about how I would like for them to do more, but I don't want them to leave Earth X or whatever they're calling it nowadays. Um, and just because Hitler is dead, like still lots of Nazis around. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think it'd be interesting to see like all the avatars come together and like form Megazord. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ultra Mega Freedom Zord. Yes. It's a uh, giant eagle. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, to see them all come together and like join the team and maybe or maybe even like do. I mean, you could do a ton of shit, but like different stories in different universe or different countries with their own version of freedom fighters. Right. And just like stay in this world where like, all right, the Nazis are dismantled, but now we have to rebuild and there's still Nazis around. Like we mm-hmm. only really killed one. So, right. right. <laughs> um, but yeah, really satisfying and good ending to the series. Yeah, it was great stuff. And I'm excited to see where, uh, where Rob Venditti goes after this. Um, the Legion of Superheroes number three. I don't know if you're reading that book. I am. Um, so the last issue we left off for Superboy is like, this place is awesome. I'm going to bring Damien here. And then he brings Damien there and they're like, no, you can't do that. Um, and he pretty much gets sent back. Meanwhile, the whole negotiations about the Aquaman's trident, and like, there's a there's a group who's trying to take it that happens to be the father of one of the Legionnaires. Um, a huge fight breaks out with this father. Uh, they capture this guy. He's pissed off that um, they didn't give the trident to them. Well, lo and behold, there's a, there's you know there's a big fight happening. The trident gets stolen at the end, and then there's you know these people are going to come rescue um, the guy that they've captured, pretty much. And I think I, I just I just like the book. There's there's definitely something going on here. Like, why is the Trident special? Um, why do they need? We know they need Superboy, and they don't need anybody else. Like, they kicked Superboy out, or they kicked uh, Damien out of there. Well, there's hints towards why they kicked Damien out specifically. Oh, okay. Um, they do refer to him as Little Hitler. Yeah, that's true. Right. Um, and a few others. So I I feel like something happened in their past uh, that okay. is Damien related that l- led them down this path. What? Yeah, um, I, I think, yeah. I, I didn't get the whole Lil Hitler thing, but not, not that makes sense. I mean, I read it and I was like, oh, he's just a little shithead. <laughs> like, well, yeah, because they were like way too concerned that it was Damien specifically that they brought. And they kept saying like, you need to watch this video we made for you. Right. We made this sweet tape for you. Can I know. Please watch it. Yeah, I know. And it, <laughs> dude, it's been like issue three. We still haven't seen it. So I, it's definitely, it, it's probably going to get him, get him caught up to speed on what happened in the past, I'm, I'm assuming. Yeah. I, I feel like this is one of those things where, I don't know. Somewhere down the line, it's either going to be its own issue or it'll be an annual. But like, it's going to be a huge reveal. Um, as because they even said that like part of what they're doing is trying to prevent what happened, which was a weird thing to say. But um, so yeah, I'm intrigued even more. I was getting kind of like eh about this book, but mm-hmm. then when the Damien stuff started happening, I was much more intrigued by what they were doing. So yeah, um, definitely still a good book. Yeah. And I, that's all I had this week, but I did watch, with that extra free time, I watched uh, Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Oh, we'll, we'll have to talk about that next week, because my copy comes on Tuesday. Oh, okay, so we'll talk about it next week. Um, Second Coming, number six. So this is the last issue in the Second Coming book. Um, pretty good. It was just kind of wrapping up everything. Jesus is trying to bring all his disciples together. He's uh, stabbed in the back by Satan, who's trying to get him to go against his beliefs uh, in order to prove him wrong, mm-hmm. um, and actually ends up working. And I don't know how to explain this, but uh, Jesus has a knife that's also a pickle. Okay. Um, I don't really know. I just think that R- Mark Russell was like, hey, he has a pickle knife. Do it. <laughs> um, awesome. But ends up uh, killing Satan with this knife. Oh. And uh, we end up finding out that after everything, Sunstar is, and his girlfriend have given up uh, trying to have a kid. They get married. And then 
they have this conversation with Jesus and God after Satan's dead um, about everything that happened. And God's like, you know, I left you with a few gifts. And they get one of them, but then at the end it's revealed that the other is um, that Sunstar's wife is pregnant. Oh. So they've said that we're going to get another issue mm-hmm. or another, another series, I mean. So we'll see where that pops up. And uh, for anyone watching, Pickle Knife Jesus. That is awesome. Um, James Bond number two. Uh, it's this has been the weakest James Bond comic so far, uh, in my opinion. I mean, it's only two issues in, but it's another like there's a poker game, and James Bond is really good at poker. <laughs> okay, um, it's just the other ones had were much more action oriented. Uh, there was always a sequence in there where he had to fight a bunch of bad guys, and in this one, it seems. To be going more down the um, espionage route of everything. And it's just not flowing as well as the other series have. But it's James Bond, so I'll keep buying it. Yep. Undiscovered Country number three. Uh, we One of the people in this uh, in the group that's gone to the United States, we end up finding out that he's actually a plant by someone inside the United States. So he's a, a scientist that believes that time is moving differently inside the States. Mm-hmm. Um and he has this whole plan to figure it out. And they say, well, um, instead of that, we're going to take you, send you to a different country, and you're going to join this expedition to come in and help them along. And uh, so it's it's a whole thing about how, like, the, the states are now time displaced. So time is moving slower in there than it is outside. And uh, it has something to do with the force field that's happening. So... And then they go in. They end up going into this uh, building to get this uh, warlord, and they're talking about how it's like an old uh, Walmart hmm. that he's like repurposed. And the guy's telling him all this like history about how, yeah, you know, it used to be a Walmart, and we can go over here to get do this because of a law that was passed, and blah 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 blah. And it was interesting to see that he's not just a United States expert because he knows things that happened before the wall went up, but he's actually somebody that was inside the wall and uh, lived there for a long time. Cool. And then I completely forget what the last page was. So the big reveal. Uh, the big reveal. So we're going to do it right now, everybody. Because it's been like almost four days since I've read this. Oh, yeah. He almost gives himself up. Big deal. Huh. Uh, Rom, Dire Wraiths, number one. This is all about the first uh, time the Dire Wraiths come to uh, the Earth. And it takes place in the 70s when the first moon landing is happening. Oh. Um, so it's basically the, the first moon landing happening, them like celebrating Dire Wraiths attack, steal the ship, go to Earth. Uh, and then the backup thing is all about how Rom is flying through and sees these particular wraiths before they go to the moon and how they're stealing energy from different space knights to jump across the universe to get to Earth. Hmm. So while they're jumping to the the moon to get to Earth, because they only have enough power to get to the moon, uh, <laughs> uh, he's flying by and, uh, and following them. And so obviously at some point he's going to meet and they're gonna fight cool but love me some rom so it's awesome uh revenge of the cosmic ghost rider it's more of uh cosmic ghost rider basically being punisher mm. um but interesting book nonetheless i really enjoyed it um teen titans number 38 was good i'm not gonna get too much into that but uh ruins of ravencroft number one saber tooth which okay i'm gonna go on a little rant here <laughs> marvel more it's a it's a mini series about Ravencroft. So just do Ruins of Ravencroft 1 through 5. Don't do Ruins of Ravencroft 1 and then Ruins of Ravencroft Sabretooth number 1 and then Ruins of Ravencroft Dracula number 1. Then Ruins of Raven- No, Ruins of Ravencroft 1 through 5. <laughs> yep. If you pick this up thinking it was a Sabretooth book and a number 1 you are sorely disappointed because it's just continuing the story of them finding 
the the complex underneath the building that they just destroyed. And there's a flashback to when the people there had uh, Wolverine and they were experimenting on him. Mm-hmm. And Sabretooth happened to be like an orderly there. Like he was in there trying to follow um, Wolverine. And yeah. that's how Wolverine escaped. But the big thing here was is that there's there was experiments happening in there. Mm-hmm. And those experiments were found by... Uh, Reed and all the other people that went in in this like secret room. So there's something more going on in Ravencroft than we expected. Okay. And then my last book was uh, The Question Death of Vic Sage, number two. Which was kind of like a backstory of how like the the question moniker came about. Because it takes place in the Old West. And uh, we get a character who I'm assuming is related to Victor Zaz because his name is Charles Victor Zaz. Oh, yeah. And he is given the the face to um, cover up and the no face face thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it somehow connects to the question in the this universe. So weird issue two, but I, I'm in for the long haul in this book. Cool. Uh, wow. And then, actually, digitally, I read Immortal Hulk Volume 4, which is really good. Go check out Immortal Hulk. Check it out. So, Mike, I think that's it. Where can people find you online? They can find me at Fortress Ricker on Twitter. Where can they find you and or the show, Chris? Well, they can find me at Fortress Chris on Twitter, and they can find the show at FortressComicNews.com, where everything we do is right there on that handy-dandy website. Remember, everybody, if you're listening to us, to go to five-star review on whatever podcatcher you use. Um... And if you are watching us, to like, subscribe, share, and all of that fun stuff. So everybody, thank you so much for listening this week, and we will see you all next week.